Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. So, I did it again. I think I hit my wrong intro button after I went through all this thing last time about like I made a new intro you know what fuck it we talked about it we fixed it now you've a great disservice to us all you're all sitting through (laughs) this you're welcome okay we're back we're back and it's been a bit of time I know I apologize um started working again and you know things pick up in the busy world and as somebody pointed out on um, on Twitter, we are the most inconsistent podcast. And, uh, you know, there's other ones that have too many ads and we're the ones that don't and they miss us because we don't have ads. See, the thing with not having ads is that means it's not a job for us. <laughs> so we have to do other things to to make money, to pay rent and all that. So this is more like a very, very overly dedicated hobby, like being a Leafs fan is. No, at least we're number one in something exactly number one most inconsistent but you know what the fact that people are waiting for it we love you for it um thanks so sorry but um life also some of the games were at 10 o'clock uh yeah. like two of them in a row it's hard on the west coast swing i think like towards the end of the season we're going to be a lot more consistent especially going into the playoffs it'll be very regular yeah and i missed the playoffs like our first year doing this and i still will never get over that um i had to do one from like work on my headphones <laughs> after they lost it was the worst yep. yeah anyway roscoe Southey, and beaner here and uh it's the end of the winning streak unfortunately we didn't get to cover all the games in the middle of it and the games without morgan riley but hey some good things happened uh timothy Lilligren proved me wrong which i will eat like i was you know kind of on him the last couple episodes before mm-hmm. um, Riley got suspended and uh, he really stepped up. So that was kind of the opportunity that he needed. Like I said, those don't come often on this team. So your top defender getting suspended is going to open that slot up and uh, good for him. But where'd he go? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You really, really missed him tonight. Just having like Riley play with Brody and all the domino effect of him not being there. He was, uh, his absence was noticeable, that's for sure. For sure. Um, one quick little trivia thing before we get in. There were a lot of hat tricks over this uh, last little streak. In the month of uh, February alone, there have been four to bring the Leafs total on the year to uh, five. Total on the season to, what's that? Six, I think. Seven, eight, Six, seven. nine. Is nine? Yeah, so October 11th, Matthews, October 14th, Matthews, uh, November 4th, Matthews, November 30th, Marner, and then Matthews, McMahon, Matthews, Matthews, Bertuzzi. That's crazy. Um, Just, I know it, it's hard for me to search through this by, like, season, so I'm just doing it by well, Matthews year. Matthews has done alone, like, I think Lemieux hasn't done it since, what, 95 or something like that? Like, it's been a really long time. Yeah, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six. That's fucking crazy. Um, so I just did a quick calculation just by year, again, not by season. Um, the Leafs have, uh, th- they average 3.2 hat tricks per calendar year. Uh, <laughs> when do you think the last time they had this many was? <laughs> Never. 
<laughs> so the crazy thing is the last two years, this is this has been the pace. Like what, since they've had Matthews on the team and in his prime here, I'm looking 2022, one, two, three, four, five, six. 2023, one, two, three, four, five, six. 2024, one, two, three, four, five already. Um, that hasn't happened since the 80s, if you scroll back through this. This is insane. This is not just Matthews, but the the insane amount of scoring that is coming from all of these guys. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, the fact that Matthews is like 50% of these is otherworldly. Well, yeah, and he's just proving that we're so lucky to have him, right? And nobody can, like, nobody can be happy with that. They they joke about it on SiriusXM all the time. I've said many times, I listen to them all the time, and they'll be like, you know, you have a guy scoring on a 70-goal pace and Matthews doing historic things, and people are complaining about the fourth line <laughs> because that's the Leaf fans. That's what we do, right? <sighs> and the funnier part is, is he didn't do this the first handful of seasons that he played. Like, yeah, he scored a whole whack of goals, and he's always been on a great pace, but it he got four in his first game, and he didn't get his second hat trick, I think, until his, what, third or fourth season? I think you're right on that, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. Devils, I believe. 2016, Matthews had the four-goal game, and then the next one is 2020. Yeah, four years. Like, the tools are always there, right? Because he can take away a puck and just turn the plate on a dime and his shot uh, he's mastered it right now so anytime he comes across that blue line he has a great chance at scoring like his shooting percentage is off the charts right now yeah the fact well, that his... he has no empty net goals this year like the the effortlessness and i think he's like number two he's... in post hit <laughs> that's also crazy like if those had gone in the dude would easily be hitting 70 uh but no just how effortlessly it looks every time he shoots this like on this stretch where he's been getting you know, hat trick after hat trick. It's it's just like the guy looks at the net and fires it, and you think, oh, this is just gonna, you know, this is a soft one of the pads, but it goes in. It's like, how did you see that one little hole and this spot that he's found in the back corner along the goal mm-hmm. line? Are you joking? It's like an almost On impossible right side, angle, yeah. and he's made it like consistent. So the beauty about that is, we all know NHL players are competitive, and as soon as multiple multiple people start saying, oh, this is the only guy that can do this, or this is the only guy that can do that. They all get uber competitive and uber focused on on trying to prove everybody wrong, right? Like early in his career, Crosby was labeled as, oh, he can't win a face-off. Yeah. What does he do? He goes and becomes one of the best face-off men ever. They say, oh, he can't score all the goals. He goes out and scores 51 goals and wins a Rocket Richard. Like McDavid last year. Oh, he, Matthews is the best goal scorer. McDavid will never score that. Goes out and scores 64. Like, these players have a history of doing that. They're driven and by it. Th- yeah, the only player you saw score from basically the goal line on that tight of angle over the last three, four, five years is Dreisaitl. Yeah. yeah. And then now all of a sudden, oh, Matthews, oh, you'd think that he's the only one that can do it? Here, I'll just do it for fun. Like, like You don't <laughs> think he cares that like, he wants to be the best? Look at the corner of his glove. It says 80 on it. And, like, the... I don't know if you guys caught it. I noticed it a couple weeks ago, and then he got on this pace, and it's just absolutely hilarious. That Sportsnet commercial where, you know, <laughs> oh, score 40, score 50, and then Matthews is laughing. Come on, guys, that's all? <laughs> like, 
And like he might have been doing this earlier in his career too, but like he's had wrist issues that I think really, really hampered his shooting ability. And this seems like the first year in quite a while where he's fully healthy and you can actually see what he can do with, you know, 100% health. Yeah, it's like the power was always there, but now it's like dead accurate that never was not and just never was before too on the shot. Yeah, but it's just it, the release is something else from yeah, the last like, couple seasons. And if you do the math, if you break down per season, there, I, I messaged this in our group a couple days ago, per season up to it's like the 560 game mark or something like that between Matthews and Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. And you break it down goals per game. Matthews is scoring at like a 13 goals per 82 games higher clip than Ovechkin did. Oh my god, Which is that's bonkers. crazy. Like where is he going to be 10 years from now if he stays healthy is the question. Like the, the numbers are just a, the potential yeah. is there to go down at top 3 but even maybe the best goal scorer that we'll ever see. And the majority oh. of them are 5 on 5. That's the big thing too. Yeah, again, no empty netters this year is crazy. Like that's how do you have that many ahead of the person in second place and none of them are on an open net? He is uh, so valuable to our team. And like a little segue, he he was maybe a tiny bit absent tonight. And look what happened. Yeah. And just before we get to that, what do we think, just talking about greats, is more likely this season? Matthews hitting 70 or McDavid hitting 140 assists, which he's currently on pace for? Yeah. Yes and yes. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, think, think, I think they yeah. both do it. You think both could happen? I mean, that's yeah. fair. Um, McDavid looked at the lead Matthews had in goals and said, shit, I'm not going to catch him there. Okay, that's hit 106 because like, only three other players have done it. He's like, I'm just going to stop great. shooting because all I care about is assists right now. Like The way that they're both taking it in stride I think is really great for the game. Yeah, that it, honestly was one of the better... Um, uh, hmm, how do I put this? McDavid I'm still robotic, rights? right? Like He was actually... He had a personality there. He was laughing. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was really good. It was something that I'd see from Matthews. Like, it's not, you know, over the top, like he's joking with them, but the sarcasm and like making a joke about hockey, because that's the only yeah. thing he can joke about. But it was like, he was trying to have fun. And that's more than we've seen out of him really ever. Yeah, 100%. And fuck, the guy's got 21 goals this season. That's crazy. What did I see? It was like 850 something days until he can play for the Leafs. <laughs> 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 the countdown is on. If Matthews oh are just going to be unreal, McDavid's going to have like 200 assists and Matthews might have 110 goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I uh, I hope that Matthews uh, keeps this pace up and gets at least one more hat trick this season. Like, it's just to hit 70 in this era would be something and, else. Uh, and to cap it off, like, his defensive play is just. It, that's also taken a huge step up this year. His takeaway numbers are incredible. Um, he's killing penalties right now. What he's doing on the defensive end is not quite as impressive as the offensive end, but both of them together, it's he's definitely leveled up this year. So you just reminded me of a tweet that I shared yesterday. Like, as much as we like Matthews, the heart is more than goals. Matthews is 52, McKinnon is 34. To be considered as a good centerman, as McKinnon, hockey fans look at things like giveaways. Matthews only has 34 giveaways this year. McKinnon's given the puck away 58 times. Takeaways, Matthews has 60 takeaways. McKinnon has 29. 
I thought you were going to say it's... 34 because the first two were both 34. <laughs> and that was going to be a crazy stat the, if you the kept take going The takeaway discrepancy is insane. Hits. Matthews is at 51. McKinnon's at 40. Blocks. Matthews at 63. McKinnon's at 52. Oh, my God. And face-offs. Matthews at 53%. McKinnon's at 46. But if you're to read so Twitter, for... uh, Matthews is a one-dimensional player, so, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh finish your point because that that like those stats are absolutely crazy like how well-rounded his game is is he, he you can't say he's the best player in the league because mcdavid is just otherworldly but he is easily number two i think i i think there's an argument that he's the best all-around player in the league with those stats you can definitely <laughs> argue it it's so hard to compare the two of them. It's just, it's like Crosby and Ovechkin. I think it's just going to be forever one A and one B. Like, depends on who you either. talk to. I think to. Crosby is infinitely better than Ovechkin as a hockey player. Yeah, but I think I guess what I mean is like the way that you can't compare them. They're just kind of both the greatest in their own way. Yeah. Like. I, I feel like McDavid and Matthews are just always going to both be, it's going to be an argument forever of who's better. And I think mm-hmm. they're both right. Like it depends on the season. It depends on, you know, whether their team is better or not. Like it's, it's well, tough. Remember last year, the whole like dry settles way better than Matthews. I think that yeah, debate bullshit. has gone to bed, right? Yeah. McKinnon's the whole like, there because that guy is just so incredible too. But like other than those three, no one is even close. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, especially with his piss poor showing at the All Star game, like Cooch, yeah. Kucherov's factored in on just over fifty percent of the Tampa goals this year. Jesus, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Maybe like, like yeah. you don't want to admit it, but it's true. Yeah, yeah I, I got. I, I have to admit it, as much as it pains yeah. me. Like the yeah. yeah, the stats don't lie. Yeah, and I think we'll see a couple more appear over the next couple of years. But uh, for now, I'd say that's that's kind of the end of the but list. But if you want to compare like Hooch's defensive game, I don't think it compares to McKinnon's or Matthews. No, definitely doesn't. Okay, so to this uh, interesting game tonight. Um, I mean, who let's who played well? I'd say Nylander had a good game. Marner had a decent game. But other than that, I mean, like Matthews defensively, yeah, but everybody was pretty quiet tonight other than that Bertuzzi line and fucking Reeves and Holmberg at the end out of nowhere. Like, is it Vegas's defense is just that good? Like, after this win streak, you think everybody's confident they're on this high and they already beat Vegas. And it just seemed like nobody could really get anything offensive going. I mean, they got 32 shots, but it felt like everything was exactly where Vegas wanted it. Just one of those games, right? Like the 100%. you get one or two lapses and they end up in your net. Yep. Like you can't really fault Sammy on the breakaway. That's a no. that's a crapshoot. A couple of you them can't you really fault him on. Oh, yeah, the second that goal, breakaway the though, somebody is at fault yeah. for that. Like, come on, not Sammy. No, well, but both, both defense Riley and Brody. They're both they watching watched the play. The guy and he just skated right up the middle through. Like, like, I don't let that happen in my beer league, and I'm the shittiest <laughs> player on my team. Like, like, did they think he was going to change lines or something? Like, I, I don't they understand. They watched the him. Oh, it was just so one of those games where, like, a bunch of weird stuff happened, like the skate blade, um, them not challenging that high stick. Uh, just, just a bunch of weird... It was... 
a fall game. So I'm not really going to read too much into what happened tonight. I thought Sammy played a really good game. He he wasn't at fault for too many of the goals. What's more important, I think, is how they're going to rebound tomorrow and if they're going to show what they were showing for that seven-game streak. Yeah, this one felt like every single sloppy mistake resulted in a goal. Like, it, you know, you can make mistakes any night and your goalie will make the save or somebody else picks the puck up. But this was like they made every mistake at the worst possible time in the worst possible spot. And it took a weird bounce off somebody or a weird tip. And it's like, well, OK, yeah. fuck. Like, like even offensively, I felt they had a pretty they had some good chances too, like just to go in the net, and those chances were going in the net the previous seven games. Yeah, it felt like instead of taking the shots they wanted tonight, they were just scrambling in front of the net to try to get something in or make those those dangerous yeah. passes right in front. And honestly, I mean, it, it, they've proved this year that they can score that way if they need to. And and look, Bertuzzi managed to put one tonight. in. It just didn't happen. Like look, Camp you got set up games a year. This is going to happen once in a while. Marner and Camp almost had that good um, chance on the the shorthanded one there, but yeah, like they just they didn't get the bounces they needed. But look, the fact that Pertuzzi did and has continued to is something that holy shit Still we big. needed. Well, not not only Bertuzzi bearing and and it looks like he's finally found his touch, but and we've touched on it all year. He's been in the right spots. He's had chances. Just he's been the most snake bit player I think we've seen in ages. Yep. But despite some defensive lapses, yet again, we're missing Lily. Realistically, they're probably going to add some form of defensive help at some point between yep. now and the deadline. Um, as you touched on, it, it was a decent showing by Sammy. Like he wasn't perfect, I, I really but he didn't was. he didn't resort back to his swimming. You know, there's been times, or especially earlier this season, when he's gotten down, like a goal, two goals, three goals, and he almost get, he doesn't give up on the game, but he resorts back to that overcommitting, oversliding, like what Aiden Hill did when he lost a skate blade. That was Sammy at the beginning of the season because he was With overplaying. Yeah, he was overplaying the, the cross-crease passes so badly. Um, yeah. So it's really good to see that back. And then the, it wasn't the piss-poor they're not trying they're just going through the motions like they were still trying they were it's yeah. just like, the, the bounces weren't going like it like you said Sadly, losses happen you're not going to yeah. win all 82 but it it's a better a better loss visually and as a fan to watch than a lot of the ones we've seen earlier this year mm-hmm. like they weren't getting bounces tonight but they definitely didn't get beat because they weren't competing or they were just playing poor hockey and to your point, like I thought Sammy played especially great in the first 30 minutes. He kept the team in it. He was super crisp. There was one play where he had this rebound in front of that, and he just cleared the puck in the corner so quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. His lateral I, post. Like that, I literally he was not yelled. doing that at all in the first part of the season. Like That's how you can tell he was super confident. Um, maybe it's because he knows Wall's coming up, but like I have a hard time getting him out of the net the way he's playing right now. Like he has to play his way out of the net, I think. Oh my God. Sorry that when he batted that in the corner, I was like, yeah, I literally was just, so yes, Sammy, crisp, thank you. Because he wasn't doing that shit whatsoever in the, in the first like half of the season. No, it, it wasn't a six, two game when you watched it, like on paper, nah. it, it looks so much worse. Cause like I said, they made a lot of bad mistakes, but it seemed like anytime they did get something going, 
they it was like oh made up penalty here we yeah. go yeah after that, like, like no oh, challenge on the high kidding? stick the game is over but yeah should i wear my ref jersey again tonight yeah, should have <laughs> that uh, that third that? goal the timing of that third goal was bad too Oh, obviously, with like under a minute left, especially after Bertuzzi just rallied us. Like, you think you need to go into the third period with down one? That's a yeah. Yeah, that's a huge uh, momentum shifter. And even in his post game, JT was like, "Yeah, I was trying to feed that up to Marner along the boards, and I, you know, lost out. It was a bad play." The one thing for me was the high stick non challenge because it looked like it was pretty borderline. And even if you lose it, you're going to get a penalty and you're going to lose that game no matter what. But if you win that call, you have a chance at least. Oh, that I don't know why they didn't do that unless there was something in the situation room where they're like, when it actually made contact with the puck, it was below his shoulder. I don't yeah, know. Because like the Leafs team, like they're great at making these calls. They're almost perfect at it. But I feel like that's one you had to risk. And I don't I don't know if it's their history, but with their history and the success rate of their challenges, that kind of almost has me not questioning it. Like they have an angle that we don't. True thing. Yeah, it could be. That's sure. what I mean. Like, but like, what did you just want to roll the dice at that point? Because you're going to lose the game anyways if you don't. It with might all be worth the questions. It e- Sorry, go ahead, I, Rasko. No, it might be worth it even just to show the guys like you're still fighting to get that last one back instead of them being like, you know, why didn't you? And having that come back to the dressing room, like, why yeah, didn't? Yeah, for you sure, Hail that? Mary. But like, it's you know, a little pep up boys, but. I'm not pinning the loss on the officials, but with no, no. the way some of the calls went, oh god! Why do you want to give yourself another penalty, right? You're right. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, those calls were bad tonight. A lot of missed things. Oh god! Calls aside, though, McCabe's poor nose. This guy—it <laughs> <laughs> is In never the last going games, to heal. His nose has been mangled like four to three times. It's unreal. He won't recover from this. Like he's going to be ugly for the rest of his life. It's starting to look worse too. Eh? Like, <laughs> of course it is. It's it's not gonna heal properly. Fuck. His cartilage is like play-doh right now. He hit that <laughs> man, I watched it on repeat. He hit the boards so fucking hard. This guy hasn't missed a shift because of this either. Like, let's be clear about this. This guy is a warrior back there. Uh, oh say no, what it, you want about Dubis, but that trade for him is unreal good fantastic trade and everybody pointed out he jumped right up from that like he didn't go to the <laughs> bench like, he, jumped, he jumped right up and went back to the play and was like oh fuck i am bleeding again Dude's he's speaking been so good him and benoit just laying people out is something that everybody's been missing as as much as i don't want to do it like i used to have part of the reason why i actually wore this jersey i used to have a rule where i wouldn't buy a jersey of a player Unless they either did something that I, I wanted to commemorate, like, you know, never forget, or because it would always be my luck. I'd get, I wouldn't spend a jersey because they were a lot of money, but I'd get a t shirt. You know, you can get the player t shirts with the name and number yeah. on the back. Yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, they'd get traded or sent down to the miners and never come <laughs> back. So, like, this is, this is a calmer of Uncle Leo. This was oh, the first jersey, Leo. I, Leo. first jersey I ever bought with a name oh, on the no. back because nice. it was his his third season with the Leafs. And I was like, you know what? I love this guy so much. I don't care if he leaves. And I'm almost <laughs> at that point with Benoit, which is ridiculous because he hasn't even played a full season. Like, I love this guy. I actually yeah. want to buy a Benoit jersey. And He's I don't even so have a Nylander yet. Except for shooting the puck and scoring goals. But everything else he does is amazing. I just, 
um, had to check. Um, trivia question: Where is Leo Komarov currently playing? And yes, he's he still Moscow? playing. <laughs> is he playing in Russia? Wait, no, he's he's KHO or Finland because he's Finnish. I said Dynamo initially. Saint Petersburg. He, he plays for uh, HIFK Helsinki huh. in oh. the SM Liga. Good thing I speaks in, in like t- seven languages too. Yeah, in in ten games, he's got three goals and one assist. Yeah, he's, he's still playing. Scoring goals. Yeah, crazy. He's I always plug. always loved him. He wasn't the best player on the ice, but he was like the the anti Marshan, right? Because yeah, he just got put <laughs> in a bad position, like where he when the Leafs were at their lowest, he was like the top line winger. And <laughs> there's no way that he should have ever been in that spot. A great, great, great third line player, but. He should not be stiffing like top two line minutes. No. Oh, the tank years. Good times. Glad we didn't have to cover those games. Started after that whole God. shit show. Anyway. So, I mean, I guess it's just pack up and re-roll for the next game. Like, the Leafs obviously, it's a seven game winning streak. It's the first one since 2003. There's not much to be mad about here. It's just... The little things that obviously were the the little things that need tweaking were pretty glaring tonight because there wasn't much else to look at. So, mm-hmm. you know, those things being JT is slowing down a little. The he defense really has some, defense has some holes, and uh, you know the bottom six is as good as it's going to get. I think. I think the biggest thing is roster moves. Like, I think JT has got to sit out a couple games because he's favoring his ribs in front of the net like he tried to protect the puck and just the way he was moving you can tell that he's definitely laboring there uh with lily out and with three goaltenders coming in like there's uh there's some moves to be made yeah jt can sit for a bit that actually helps us figure out the goaltending situation a bit but yeah i mean figure it out still you can only play one of them at a time and it looks like we've got five if you include hildeby so i don't know what the hell brad's gonna do there's three there's jones there's sammy and there's wall that's that's all there is and yeah we'll see what happens with murray but didn't marty call at the beginning of the season that he's gonna come back back for playoffs there's no fucking way this guy (laughs) sniffs the roster I can't believe they're letting him practice with the team. Like, this guy should be out with a beer league team or something right now. Figure his stuff out in the summer. But, uh, yeah, there's no way that he should be around the big team because Sammy nor how Walt many, needs to deal with that stuff. How many rings are on the roster right now? Well, that's what I mean. He's practicing with the team. Why would they have him practicing if they don't intend on playing him this year? Like, to your point, like, I thought they were just going to say, yeah, we'll we'll talk in the Barry, summer. Barry just go do year, whatever exactly. you got to do. Why um, is he here? I agree okay, with Peter because when he sorry when he first signed, like I was a huge advocate of him. He, what he did in Pittsburgh was unreal. Like he's got the pedigree, but his injury status and his just non availability since he's been on the Leafs, I don't think it warrants another chance, especially like right now. But let's hear what you have so to say. There's a couple things here. One, I agree. Hey, like what it would do to the psyche of Samsonov and wall. If you were to throw Murray in for a game when he hasn't played in a year and a half, mm-hmm. like that would be my biggest concern with Same. just throwing him in. But that being said, look at the Riley suspension. 
and look at some of the comments that were made about why he got what he got. Take everything out out of there, the fact that, you know, he cross-checked someone in the face intentionally, the fact that he didn't have a history. Like, there, nothing seems to add up with some of the suspensions, especially when it comes towards the Leafs. Spezza mm-hmm. and Riley both. Neither yeah. of them had a history at all. And yet they got multiple games, whereas other guys do the exact same damn thing and they get fines. There is always a spotlight on Toronto. Whether people like it or not, there always is. I guarantee you, if someone saw Matt Murray out in public just walking down the street without a limp and without a cast, they would be calling the NHL office immediately saying that the Leafs are breaking the rules and he's not actually hurt. Yeah, that's a valid point. Sure. Give him a stall. Let him practice. If you don't intend to play him, whatever, because then everybody can say, hey, they're shooting pucks at him. You know, if, if he can't feel comfortable in net and he can't come back like they're trying. I had to consider that. Like, do you think it's an optics thing? Maybe they went to both Wall and Samsonov and been like, he's not going to play. We're doing this for this reason. There, hmm. there might be some of that because the, the Robot Island thing is such a big joke. Right? Well, look what happened like, with Reeves. He comes out and says he's okay to play and all of a sudden the next game, oh, we're taking him off IR because he's okay. Like, they got called out and the league was like, hey guys, enough of this bullshit. Let's not pretend that teams don't bury people in iron and stuff, but you people, might be people very do it right all the time. Yeah. But nobody but has a, microscope a way on bigger microscope. Does. 100%. Yeah. And it's it's come to the point where like, look, Tampa got the 018 mil over the cap. This has become the the Leafs thing. Robota Island has become what the Leafs joke is. You know, this is yeah. how we get around the salary cap. So But like the of, real question, like it's what are you going to do? Like, if you send Jones down, he's 100% going to get claimed. Do you trade one of these goaltenders before the deadline and just roll the dice that one of them don't get hurt? It's a real, real big question, I think, going forward. Maybe the biggest question going forward for the Leafs. I think the safest thing to do is you trade Jones for a pick to use in bringing somebody else in because you're safe enough to have Wall Samsonov. And if you absolutely have to, he'll be, and then there's Murray. But, like, you're kind of opening yourself up. What do you get? Like a so, fifth, seventh room? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, guess, if, at the deadline for Martin Jones, I think you'd be able to get like a third. I don't think so. If you guys had to guess, how much cap space would you say the Leafs had right now? Uh, f- four million. Oh, that's like, a lot more generous what? than I thought you were going to say. 2.1. Like, 2.1. I don't know. They've had a lot of people on IR. So, so you can activate wall and you still you don't need to do anything. But you can only dress so many players, right? Yeah. Yeah, but if you're truly worried, like send uh, send Lajoie down. Or Robertson's the only forward you can go down to without being claimed. You can only dress two goalies, though. No, yeah, you, can you don't. Three. I'm not saying dress three. On your roster, you can have three, though. Yeah, you don't have to dress every player that you yeah. have up for your roster. Oh, right? Yeah, I guess you can just healthy scratch one of your goalies and yeah. just hold them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's such a big thing going forward yeah Leafs are not exactly in a position to be carrying a goalie on the cap to sit like if you want to make a move at the deadline to bring somebody else in you need that extra like million or whatever it is that Jones is going to eat up or under a million right Right now they're carrying 8 defensemen and 13 forwards and they have 2 million in cap space hmm so they can definitely afford to activate wall without doing a damn thing other than 
sending someone who can actually go down without waivers, yeah. like Lisboa. Lisboa, Robertson, yeah, like Gregor, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think they might so do it, until it, the deadline too. It's nothing that has to be done right now. Yeah. And, and like to your point, Johnny, I think you're right. Uh, Jones is the guy who's in to go. Um, a slow hand clap for him. Like he probably saved our season in December and everything. That's the way he played. It was unexpected. But if you have a tandem of Samsonov and Wall going forward, you cross your fingers that they're both going to be healthy. But that's those are the best two guys to go forward with. Yeah, and also to give credit to Jones for, I guess, turning his own career around because he, when he came into the Leafs system, he wasn't going to even really be playing starting minutes. Like, he was on the Marlies, and they brought him up, right? So, like, this guy... Like he sucked the year before. He did great in the playoffs with Seattle. Like, this guy's got a, a record of being a good goaltender, even with San he's, Jose. He's got a record of being a sub-900 goaltender. He has the record of being the, like, actually being the worst starting goaltender of the last couple of years, <laughs> who's actually still a starting goaltender. But, he, obviously, that means his he's been on bad teams. It's His numbers are reflective of that. But the yeah. fact that you know, people weren't offering him a starting position. You know, he he turned an injury and uh, opportunity with the Leafs into probably going somewhere because the Leafs can't afford to waive him because yeah. he's going to get claimed. He was also waived at one point and he didn't get picked up. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, now he's in a position where people are going to be fighting for him. I'm this sure this is a good when... problem to have, too, because the Leafs are not notorious for having depth in net and they really do right now. Yeah. Not to mention he'll be killing it. Uh, that's see, fuck. I was just gonna say that's the thing. It's good to have the depth, but it's like we can almost afford to get rid of some of this. I think we actually have a surplus. I think we're so delicate going into the playoffs that I wouldn't want to rely on Hilda Beast right now. That's that's not even an option for me. Depends on how much he like. I wish Keith had played him those few games that they brought him up and he was sitting on the bench. Like I was so annoyed. Like, I don't. So annoyed. I don't. There I'm was glad like, they didn't. But it was like the beginning of February or like late January. They what, definitely. What if could he have like lays been. an egg for two games and all of a sudden all you're going to talk about is this guy's shit and he's not anything. He's going to have his time and then, it's not right you know. now. But two games is not going to. But you tell don't. Him what is. Like, this guy's great. Like we know he's actually going to be good. He's going to have his chance, but it's not right now. So I'm, re- I'm actually really glad they didn't. Actually, to Justin's point, you do know for this year. And then you can make a decision without having the question mark of, well, we, there is still Hildeby. It's no, we tried that well, already you don't in know January. For this, this guy would have played one or two games. That's it. That's a sample size. He, um, Sammy's not going to be here next year. Joe's not going to be here next year. It's going to be Wall, and it's probably going to be Hildebeest. He's going to yeah. get his chance then. Yeah. Well, and we still got uh, the two Russians. That's gonna fucking get flurry than before him. Peksan Akhtiamov as well. Yeah, who's that tall, tall motherfucker we signed to? Hildeby. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was like, my bad. Um, I think Hildeby's the tallest one in our system. <laughs> okay, just to uh, steal one from the broadcast tonight, they brought up they brought up a couple names, but the two that were discussed were uh, for oh, defensive options. The, yeah, the the two defensive options, Ilya Labushkin and Sean Walker. Which one do you like more? Well, I'm definitely not siding with Dreger. I'm not really an insider. Like, fuck. Dreger's the worst. He might be worse why than would they, Like, why would they go... Uh, that's pushing it. Why would they go after Labushkin? 
Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the guy, but we've had him right before. Right-handed shot, that's the only thing he has going for him, really. He's a bit yeah, nasty right-handed the shot, line, but... People did like him when he was here. I mean, he lays people out, and he's got a decent shot, and he's right-handed. I think that's kind of it. He he was but like Luke Shen light. We have Benoit for that now. Yeah, he gets turned around a lot. His uh, breakout passes are not very good at all. And they're talking like, about ben, having him play ben with Morgan Riley. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Really, you need somebody that's not TJ Brody to play with Morgan Riley. To his credit, Mark Giordano had a good game, but they still need somebody that's uh, that's solid. He's another guy like more. you want as your seventh defensive, probably right. He can't be playing right. every night. Oh my god, he was. He, I say he had a good game. He had a good game until he decided to pass it to William Lagason instead of Austin Matthews, who was wide fucking open. But sure, at a boy, Geo. Um, but no, TJ Brody and Morgan Riley were like minus four together tonight. So obviously Riley's uh, partner needs to change going into the playoffs because that one this year is just not working. Not at all. But oh yeah, my god, I, I don't Tan, know. Tanev's rumored to everywhere about the Leafs now. So I don't know what the plan is. At this point, I don't even know if I like. Okay, I'm not saying yeah. I don't. I was want never sold Tanev, on it, but I just don't stupid. know who else there is. Yeah, I but... don't think that's the greatest fit. No, I don't either. I just don't really know what is available out there, but Brad could really just go off the board and find something else. I don't know. I think it would have to be off the board, because really, the obvious people, like you said, Tanev, Hennepin, um, Larson for Seattle is even like a, a long shot, but it, it would have to be someone who maybe has some term, and you're going to have to give up a bit of capital just to get him. Uh, yeah, and the the little bit that we have, are you spending it on that? Like, there's a lot of whispers about Dumba position. lately. Don't feel <laughs> too great about that. Wouldn't that have been nice instead but of Klingberg in the first him, place? I think his play has gone down. But uh, what if John Klingberg comes back, guys? <laughs> well, see. A, a how, many people, like... how many people just remembered when I said that that John Klingberg is a leaf? by the way, because I'm sure some people did. It's deep in this year's psyche. Yeah, it, it's definitely a well-known part of this season. Like, what about St. Louis? You talking Pareko? Riley, Riley and Pareko played together at Worlds at least once. I've always He's liked him. He's got a huge hit. Like, his number is massive. 6.5. It's not He's horrible. Also his, massive, his term's pretty long, too, though. Um, what was that? Like, I'll be honest. Right? Like, I haven't seen I too it, much of him it. this year, but like when he played against the Leafs, he got turnstiled a couple times. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, he's six and yeah, a half. Yeah, he's like seven years. And like, that, that's a two-game sample size, right? So he, his season might be way better than that, but from what I've seen, like it wasn't... Like, when he was on the cup run, that's not the way he's playing right now. No, no, no. Oh, and his base salary is eight million. But the last couple of years, it's four point eight, so it does make it easier to trade. But he's got a full. Okay. Well, he's got a modified no trade in the last two years, but it's a no trade clause, so he'd have to waive he, it. To he's not great for sure. Like if he's on the team, he's probably better than we have right now. He's not like, waiving it to go to Toronto though. Uh, you don't know that. It, at that point in your career, why not? Yeah, Seattle's. Uh, even St. Louis isn't doing anything. It it it. To me, we don't need a, a Labushkin. We need someone who can cut back on Brody's minutes. Mm-hmm. 
That way Brody can be more effective and give us a better version of himself in his current state and position in his career. So yeah. you you almost need to go for a massive big splash. Like I I, I hate to say it, I know where you're going with do this. Do you <laughs> do you capitalize on the publicity that Cowboys getting? I love the kid. Like <sighs> me too. He plays for the Knights. They're my local OHL team. Like I love him, and I, I do think that was a, a diamond in the rough find and. You know, the Leafs have found a handful of diamonds in the roughs that turn out to be decent third and fourth line players. Mm -hmm. But we haven't really found a ton of diamond in the roughs that have been first and second line players. Right? Like, knives aside. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, compared to Marshawn or something like that, I don't think that kid's ceiling is that high. I think what he's doing right now in the OHL is incredible. And, like, hats Mm -hmm. off to him. But... Uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't think it's going to translate as much to the NHL as other people think. So if you do put him in a trade proposal right now, like you said, it'll never be higher than what it is right no. now. So, what are you talking about? Sorry, I missed the name. E- Easton Cowan, I said Cowboy. Yeah. Oh, oh, Cowboy. Okay, that's what I was like, what are you? Okay, His value's not even nearly as close. So like, <sighs> Dallas is kind of going to do the it. same thing right now. Because what are you going to do if you're going to wait for this guy to develop and hopefully play with Matthews and Marners in two or three years? Our window is right now until two or three, four years from now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think you do. You have to, if you can get a really great defenseman back, you look into that. Like, unless you're viewing him as, you know what, this is the last season he's going to be in the OHL and he's going to take Bertuzzi's minutes next year. Or I'm just throwing a name out there, right? Like, unless you have that set in your mind, you know what? He's taking those minutes next year. You have to look at every possible outcome you can to solidifying this team during this window. And I don't think he is at that point right now in his career. I think he needs another year of seasoning. I think he needs another year of, like, getting bigger and bulkier. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you were to ever trade this guy, it is right now. Yeah. So what about Rasmus Ristolainen then? No. Why? <laughs> there is Why? way too much scar tissue there. Yeah, big like, giveaway machine too. I don't like the way he breaks out of his end whatsoever. Um, he loses his guy a lot. He, he's, like, I think he's, he's hurt right now. Almost, like, he, he can hit like crazy. He's a bit nasty back there, but other than that. Um, what about... Just looking at right D... Nick Jensen, Adam Larson. Larson's an interesting name for me. He's a puck moving guy. He's pretty quick. He fits into the Leafs play. He's a UFA at the end of the year, so it would mean. Oh, no, sorry, the end of next year. Oh, yeah, you're going to pay out the ass for that guy. Well, and that's the other thing. If you're going to give up such a high prospect, it would be better if you could get something similar to McCabe. That it's not just a rental for this year. Like, it doesn't have to be long-term, but a little bit of term. And I saw that you knew where I was going because I jokingly messaged our group chat about moving Cowan for Saros. Because <laughs> I'm a short right, shit goalie and Saros is a short shit goalie. So. Stop, stop. <laughs> You're a goaltender. It's, That's why I was like, looking at Andrew Peak because Columbus is in shambles and the guy's got three years at 2.75. He's... 25 years old. He has no trade protection. 
Well, and there's rumors that the Leafs were interested in someone like Jenner. So, yeah. like, do you do a package? But it's it's so tough because there's all these defensemen out there who, and we might even just be focusing too much on like a right-handed D. Like, mm-hmm. really, we just need someone who can cut back on Brody's minutes and be a but decent I mean, partner not for Ryan. having not having Lilligren tonight with the right, like forcing everybody to on the wrong hand, like that kind of resulted in a lot of defensive lapses. Like it if does you affect you can't them. play on your offside in the NHL and you've made it to the NHL, then I think you have bigger problems. Yeah, but like, to Ross's point, it, like Lily's absence did show it did like a weakness that... in our, our D for sure, but And it's weird hearing Roscoe say that after he's been ripping on them all year. Because he has okay, no. But to be fair, <laughs> he, he what I said up a lot. What I yeah, said he was did. he needed to step up, and he hasn't been given a lot of opportunity because he's been buried on the third pair with Geo for most of the year. So mm-hmm. given yeah. this opportunity, he stepped up. So I'm glad, but my critique kind of stood, and he, yeah. you know, was given an opportunity. Here we are. He's going to have to, and like uh, against all of Toronto media, like we do have the capital to pull off a trade. We have a first round pick. We have Easton Cowan. We got Minton. Uh, we got Robertson. There are pieces to get a trade done. If you want camp to even out some money, we do have stuff like that too. And, and, and we're also forgetting like Cal Yarncrook is coming back too. I always forget about him too because he's been gone for so fucking long now. So I I don't mind. Yes, he hasn't had the greatest of years, but I don't mind the Dumba idea. Yeah. I was huge on him early in his career. Yeah. He, he has played very good defense in his career in the past. He is your right-handed shot. He plays a little grittier, plays with a little bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he could potentially be a really good fit for someone like Riley. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not opposed to it either. I haven't followed a lot of Minnesota games, but, you know, if he played with someone like a, a Brodeen or... Why am I blanking on their captain right now? The other offensive defenseman from Minnesota, not Brodeen. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't even think of it right now either. <laughs> Minnesota. I um, forgot you're an NHL team for um, a second. The, We're terrible. Uh, Name that captain. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and Anyways, whether he played with Brodeen, whether he played with him, who we can't name, him who we shall not name, um, he has had that that op- that opportunity to play with an offensive minded defenseman. So he could actually be a sneaky perfect partner for Riley. Right? Oh, he could for sure be had too. Jared Spurgeon. That's there we go. the name. Where to Dude, start, I'm, buddy? You know what's crazy is I it's not your uh, fault you know play Minnesota. You know how when you type in the team in on Google you can hit like players just like on the yeah. quick thing? I figured oh they'll show up there. He doesn't even show up on this list. <laughs> I'm looking at Zach Bogosian. The defensemen it shows are Brodeen, Faber, Bogosian, Merrill. I forgot Bogosian plays there. And Mermis. And Jake Middleton. Like, it, it literally doesn't show Spurgeon. Are you joking? I think so he's I would, hurt right now. You know who would be the bestie on this team right now? Is Jake fucking Munson. Remember when we used to have oh. him? Remember when he was good? RG, our, the trajectory of this team would have been so much different if he stayed healthy. If he didn't it, literally break his neck? <laughs> yeah that guy God, got like 
absolutely shredded, and I feel so bad for his body. Ugh. If you could find someone who plays like him, then we're laughing. I mean, I feel like McCabe is kind of getting towards that. Like, he's in that vein. Yeah, he's like a Muslim he's, light. He's got the shot here and there. He'll hit like that. His defensive play is pretty good. He's a, he's a Muslim light for sure. Oh, my God. I did not notice until the, the announcers pointed out, because we don't see Vegas that often, but they're like, Shane Theodore just fires pucks from the point nonstop for tips. And they pointed it out when they were on the power play. He just, That's all they did tonight. That was their go-to. He, all he does when he has the puck is in the exact same spot, just rifles it to the net. I'm like, why don't we have somebody that fucking does that? That looks so easy. Yeah, it was a pretty good play. Uh, yeah, they had a, they were running that all, all night. Ugh. Okay, um, let's go to questions because we got a couple of those. So from Mike the Fanatic, who's ready for playoff officiating? Woo! Honestly, with this team, I think we're a little bit better built for it. Are we, though? Uh, I mean, our, our even PK with has this... been hurting a little bit. Yeah. Eh, tonight's not uh, a great although example. Although, I feel like we've been pretty tossed. disciplined lately. <laughs> so... That call on Marner at the end was so bad. Oh, if, if anything, it was nice for slashing. Like... If we're talking about like playoff PK, I'm more worried about uh, playoff power play. To be quite honest with you, that's that's what we have to turn around this year. Yeah, because honestly, if Nylander is going to be taking this many minutes on the PK, like that's a nice addition to the um, for playoffs this year that we didn't have last year. The dude's got two short-handed moves already. No, yeah, I was going to say not only Nylander, Matthews has been as well, and yep. then that can cut back. Like nothing against Camp. But that can cut back on some of his ice time. Like he's a great yeah. player as long as he's utilized properly. And I think he was overused on the penalty kill. A thousand percent, yeah. And then and then it started to hinder his game in other areas. Like realistically, I don't think we have to worry about the big boys. We need to worry about what everybody's been talking about all year. The consistency of the secondary scoring. Yeah. And Which has the answer. Go ahead. I mean, look, if Bobby McMahon's going to score here and there and Bertuzzi's picking it up, not that he's a second, he shouldn't be a secondary scorer, but he basically is at this point. Uh, Holmberg has looked good. I mean, there's some, it's starting to come in, but like, eh, look, it's even still to not where the question, I feel like this team is more equipped to handle um, playoff penalty kill just because there's a lot more people doing it and a lot more like high end skilled people doing it. I yeah, just want to point, see... like Camp doesn't need to be out there for ninety percent of his minutes being against top line players. Like that's kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. I I just like look at the most shorthanded goals in history. Like some of the best players that have ever played the game are up in that list. Like Lemieux, I think, is in the top five all time for shorthanded goals. Let's bring it up. Like you want your best players out there at all times. And Matthews and Marner, Marner especially, because he's been doing it for years, but this year Matthews is in there too. What like the they fuck? are proving. What? Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Steve Eisenman, Mario Lemieux. Guess who's number five? Brad Marchand. Dave Poulin. <laughs> oh, I can see it. That's Ooh. wild. Yeah, like, uh, to be honest, point, even if, because if you have a game where like, we're just on the penalty kill all the time, you're taking your top line players out of it. They're out of the rhythm mm-hmm. and everything. So if they can kill a penalty here or there, leave like half of one, they're way more engaged in the game. 
I'm just more worried about the entire team playing as a team because we got so far away from that at the beginning of this season that it was embarrassing to watch some of these games. Like it, it truly was. Yeah. And as a Leaf fan, we haven't had to deal with that since, you know, the tank years. So that was a hard adjustment to get back to because last year there was a lot more focus on team defense and there's even been some games this year. I think it was the St. Louis game that the Leafs just, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but they played as a team. They can play with that structure. They've shown it. They can. So this, this will be a really good test seeing this loss and seeing how they bounce back to it. If they can get back to how they've been playing the last handful of games. Yeah, and there was like those three games in a row where they kept their opponents to under 20 shots or like around that. I mean, that's something that we haven't really seen this team be able to do. So if they can keep something like that up in the playoffs, like, yeah. Yep. Team D. Sorry, you're running for a sec? One. Okay. Uh, So fun fact on Brad Marchand, he has 35 shorthanded goals. That puts him four behind Dave Poulin and a bunch of other people that are tied at 39. He's the only active player who's anywhere close to this record. So he only needs five more. And Brad Marchand will be the fifth all-time shorthanded goal scorer at 40. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't I, stand him. I never pegged him for a <laughs> shorthanded wizard like that. Uh, So the second half of Mike's thing here. Also, can we please discuss the absolute sack of shit human being that is Nick Cousins? Did you see this clip from the Buffalo, Florida game? I did. Uh, So for any who didn't, um, Nick Cousins was lying on the ground a la soccer mode with his, you know, hands over his head like I'm in pain. And then as soon as the fight breaks out, he jumps to his feet and grabs. Who is this from behind? Uh, um, Bryson, wasn't it? Bryson, yeah. Jumps yeah. at Bryson from behind. Literally two hands around the guy's neck. Leaves his feet. The same dude who... with This is a four-second long clip. That's how long it takes him to go from I'm hurt to I'm fighting someone. Like, what? where did Nick Cousins come from on the, the hit list here? Like, he was the top of uh, the anonymous voting for, like, most punchable face in the NHL. Like, everyone in the league hates this guy. <laughs> Well, it it like the basically almost the whole Panthers team got that not reputation but that kind of aura about them last year in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's Kachuk coming in cuz you know, the Kachuk brothers kind of have that way about them. Like how many times has Brady been tossed from a game at the end of a <laughs> the end of the third period this year cuz they've been losing and he just loses his shit. You fucking bit me. Who bites? <laughs> like, Cousins is just, he's Marchand without the scoring ability. Like, really? He does all these stupid little things. Oh, you're muted, Sadie. He does all these stupid little things that just drive people insane, these dirty plays. And then he gets up like he's, you know, thinks he's the big man on campus still. He's the biggest rat in the league. This guy is such a piece of shit. If you're going against him, all you do is think about this motherfucker. And, and like to the detriment of your own play because he gets in your head. He's not nearly good enough that you should be focusing this much on this player. But he is such a rat. He's such garbage that like you can't help but do it. Oh, God, man. If you're, if you're, imagine the people who actually have to play against this guy. 
<laughs> I, I just... had a guy on my team. It was exactly like Cousins. And then we played an all-star game, and like we all went in the dressing room, and everyone wanted to fight this fucking guy just because he was <laughs> such a dirtbag. And that's what Cousins is. He will never answer the bell, but he will pretend to be dead on the ice. The ref turns his back, and he'll jump me from back like he's stone cold steve austin or something it's literally what we were just talking about i would jump bryce into the bruins game or the uh sabers game while he was like lying on the ground like he's dead like, I, I almost had to tip my hat at him because like the league hasn't had a rat like this guy in a super long time he's claude lemue like claude lemue almost but like without half the skill yeah it's weird in an era where it's not commonplace and it's like you're the only one to see somebody do this like you, you stick out right like it's anytime Sean somebody Avery, takes a... Matt Cook. Yeah, there's always like, but a they would answer the bell once the... in a while. This guy turtles, <laughs> so it even pushes him further. Like he's he's an unparalleled territory right now. Oh. Okay, we got uh, fun guy Southpaw Cal. Explain how we only got one partial power play the whole game. Yeah, the officiating this game was very, 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 very bad. Like, I don't know what happened. And Benito the Basset Hound, love how the refs work so hard even to make up calls until the Leafs are down in the third. Yeah, everyone was pretty pissed about the the calls. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, one point against the Leafs, I feel like none of the players really drew any penalties. There was no opportunities for us to really call one, just with like them moving the feet all the time. But to your point, a lot, of the, a lot of the calls against the Leafs are pretty ticky-tack. The and Leafs it's the draw. timing of them too like five minutes left in the game after a goal like that you're gonna call a penalty on the team that's coming back like it's just kind of against the integrity of the league you know the Leafs draw such an astronomically low number of penalties compared to how much puck possession they have like it almost insane. doesn't make sense it doesn't hey they've had a couple five on threes this year and they've scored on like think about of how them. often Nylander Matthews Marner will go around the offensive zone. Like you think you would get a tripping call, a hooking call, a holding or something like that. They just, they don't draw a ton of penalties. And the guy who has actually has been doing it lately is Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. And he didn't tonight. Oh, sorry. Ah. So uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on before we head out tonight, because I do have to work early in the morning. If you were to sell your likeness for a video game, uh, that was going to be played forever and ever. What would you expect to be paid by a billion-dollar corporation for your likeness to be in said game? I would be surprised to be paid at all if I'm being completely Depends honest. How good I am. <laughs> Say you were an NHL player and you were being put into an NHL game. What would you expect to be compensated for them using your likeness for said game? Uh. I can't imagine it would be a lot because you'd have the whole union and there's so many players that the game couldn't possibly afford to pay for that many. I know where you're going with this, but that's a pretty good question. I I couldn't even answer it. I'm actually seeing if I can find what the NHL games pay, but um, I don't know if you can find that anywhere. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because EA who brought in $7 billion last year is bringing back their NCAA football series. And they have announced that for the first time ever, they are offering the highest payout for these athletes, which um, if you're not familiar, they don't have that many opportunities to be paid for anything. So it's not hard to say that you're 
paying them the most for a video game because I think you're the only ones that ever have because it's very new that they're able to sell their likeness. So EA said uh, any of the 11,000 players that are a part of the college system can opt into the game and they will receive $600 and a free copy of the game, which equals if every single one of them, let's call it $680 times 11,000 players, that is $7 million. $7 million. I know exactly. That's the look. It's Yeah, it's a lot of players you got to pay. But when you actually do the math on it, it's really not that much when this is a company that brings in $7 billion, And this is NCAA football. This game costs $80 at launch. What if you're like Caleb Williams or like... Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. or something like that. You're going to go top three in the league. In the, oh, in a the bunch of the stars, card. a bunch of the stars have apparently said, "Go fuck yourself." Like I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, of course you are. Six hundred bucks for your likeness for even like one year's worth of play on the video game is insane. These guys get totally screwed on their jersey sales. These universities make so much money on their likeness, and they're just this is another like brick on the wall for how much they're getting screwed. It's crazy. Oh yeah. 500,000 copies of this game that's 40 million in revenue. Like you know, obviously before expenses and yeah. things, but like this game is going to make a shit ton of money. 7 million is like a drop in the bucket. So for comparison, let's say what's a, a more respectable something that would help a college um like student and athlete. Let's say it's 2 grand. Okay? Times 11,000 players. If every single one of them opted in, that's $22 million. The difference between that, like, it just looks so much better to have something that's like, here's a month's rent potentially. And like, I mean, it's the States. It's more than that, right? In US dollars, that's substantial for these guys. 600 bucks for, it just seems like a, a slap in the face. I don't know. And to, to no. brag about it and, and try to make yourself seem like you're, you're doing a great thing by offering this to all it's these garbage. players. It just seemed like a, you know, we're the first one, so we get to say we're the best. Now, I don't know. I don't follow NCAA football at all. Um, is there still? Well, yeah. That being said, I haven't really followed CFL a lot this year either. Um, it like what are the rules with regards to payment and reimbursement? Because I know with like say the CHL for example, like they the players get paid basically fuck all. Yeah, and I feel like they're amateurs, right? Like they're not professionals, and some people take that a little too literally. Even the leagues themselves, there's restrictions as to how much they are allowed to make for their likeness for the, what they're doing. Which is, I'm not saying it's right, but. Like I'm not sure if there's restrictions place. on how much they can make NCAA earnings. I feel like they can make endorsement money off them, but they don't think they get anything off jersey sales, off any of their likeness for their own teams and stuff like that. If it, like if they get sponsored by the company, they can make money that way. But other than that, I don't know if they actually do. So it says um, a thick portion of the rulebook that governs amateurism and athletics eligibility will not be enforced if a student receives payment in exchange for the use of the athlete's name image or likeness also known as nil 
the NCAA also agrees to allow athletes to have representation in connection with their NIL activities. So it doesn't seem like there's a cap on it. They're just saying like, this is now like we're handing this over to you guys. We're not going to regulate that at all. The whole thing's weird. Like even for like OHL, like you said, CHL players, that the discrepancy for the amount of money these owners and everyone makes off their backs, they get nothing in return. I want to see here. Um, buh, 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 buh. Yeah, here. Madden NFL 24, nearly a million dollars revenue achieved in first week on Steam. So that's just PC. That's not even including um, consoles. But a uh, number of Madden NFL 24 copies sold during the same period was equally notable. Nearly 20,000 copies finding their way in the hands of players. So they're, they make a shit ton of money off of this. Yeah, if I were like a college player and you're offering me 600 bucks and I'm going to go in the top, in the number like the first, you know, first round draft picked, there's no way I'm saying yes to it. Especially with how big college sports are and EA is trying to make this big return to it. Like, put some money behind your words, you know? Again, it doesn't even have to be two grand. Like, it's just, fuck, even $1,500. That's $16 million. They could do that. They're going to make all that back in microtransactions. And again, this is if every single player gets into it. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about this because I think it's kind of crazy. That... I love how, like, the fourth running back on some team is making the same amount of money. It's like the Heisman Trophy winner. Well, exactly. Like, it just seems like there's no thought put into it other than, like, oh, we're just offering this to college athletes. It's like, well, you're kind of devaluing them each individually yeah. by doing that. <laughs> uh, especially if they have representation looking after their NIL rights, like their agent's going to say, sure, no, yeah. n- no, we're not taking that. Like if they're top people, they're going to say, no, we're, we're in commercials for like six figures. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm working with Gatorade next weekend. Like, are you joking? Yeah, we got BioSteel and prime. Get out of here. It's definitely not BioSteel. Yeah, <laughs> they done. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The leaves are drinking the last of their. But there's still, uh, I still reserves. see the bottles behind the benches. Are they just like holding on to empties? Because they're collectibles now. Well, I think the product's still out there, but the company is going under. Are they not? Yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of bankruptcy stuff going on there. They're owned by um, Canna. Whatever. No, uh, Canopy Growth. Oh, I thought but Mike Camilleri owned them. He's the founder of it, but they're owned by um, Canopy oh, is it Growth. Really? I didn't know that. The, the Grow Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike Camilleri in 2009. In 2010, Gary Roberts reported that ice hockey players were drinking BioSteel. There it is. They got Gary to say it. And then 2019, Canopy Growth acquired 72% of it um, with plans to infuse can- cannabis cannabidiol infused biosteel on the market and then that just uh, didn't happen Fizzled. yeah and they filed for bankruptcy in September and they owe um, the NHL and a bunch of teams a lot of money <laughs> yeah yep 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 not good so that ended um, I did want to talk about the enhanced games but we can do that next time because that's not happening until December but that's a thing so if anyone wants to send in questions or anything about that also, Mikey D, what's your hype level for GTA 6? I saw like the trailers when they first came out, and I was super excited about it. And then it said like 2025, so I don't really give a fuck until maybe the winter. 
See, I am kind of excited because I just watched the trailer again last night, actually, because I was testing out a new video thing on my laptop. Uh, but I have not got a PS5 yet. So the fact that it's not coming out till next year, I might like wait to see if it comes out on like the next gen console and I can kind of skip getting a five. So the timing is nice for me, but I do get that. It's best the move since 2013 since five came out. Um, I'm looking forward to the actual story mode of it. Uh, five was really fun switching between people. Justin, did you play GTA five? I think the last one I played was Vice City. Well, this one's going back to Vice City. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Six so, uh, is... That's how out of touch I am. It's Vice City was the first one I played. Well, actually, I played one and two, but I didn't know that they were Grand Theft Auto games because Wait, they're so much San different. San Andreas or Andreas? Wasn't that after Vice City? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the, I think it's the next one after that. But um, yeah, it's cool because Six is VI, so it's Vice. Oh. Yeah. Going back to Vice City. Um, I, I have a kid. So <laughs> my my amount of time to play yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my amount of time to play these games, especially games that he cannot be awake while I play them, is very limited. So I I see about a point four percent chance that I ever play a minute of this game. Fair enough. Uh the only thing that I really am looking forward to is the fact that it's resetting the online world. If anybody played five the longer a game is out, the more the in-game economy gets broken. So that game's been out since 2013. So imagine a world where everybody gets to rob a bank every day and there's no repercussions for it and the money just infinitely replenishes. Um, when the game came out, you could buy, like, you go on your phone, you can buy, like, cars. The cars were, like, you know, 12000 or 30000 or 50000 Those cars now are, like, $600 million to buy because... <laughs> The inflation is just absolutely fucked. Like the game has just been out too long and there's too much money in circulation in the game. So the Trudeau has even affected a fictional economy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. We so did the not fact just that, get political, but yes. The fact that they're resetting it for well, I'm hoping they don't just continue GTA online and they do a new one. Oh god. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, that needs to be reset because it's gotten out of hand. Oh, yeah. You got to go back from from zero. There's also like people. It's so inaccessible for new players because it's been out so long. Everyone's just flying around with rocket launchers. It's like, well, I can't I can't do anything because I'm just getting killed. So, yeah, I'm excited for GTA 6, Mikey. That's my <laughs> short answer. But with that, I think later. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're outie. Anybody got anything? Nope, the world is not, you know, collapsing after this one loss. We're going to go on to Arizona on Thursday and let's see how we respond. Oh my God, it's Arizona again at home. Shout out to uh, Toronto and the PWHL. Yep. Nice overtime win tonight over Minnesota. They've, nice. after a slow start to the season, they've uh, clawed their way up to third in the league. So Nice. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just pulling up the uh, Arizona Coyotes record at Toronto. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes record is, it, is quite good. It's not good for the Leafs, no. Yeah, yeah it's not good for the Leafs. Um, they, 2020 was the last time they lost to the Leafs at home? Like in Toronto? Yeah. 
Fuck. <laughs> Turn it around this Thursday. I hope well, so. And, and oh my God. like we touched on it. That'll be a good test for the Leafs because like everybody always says the good teams bounce back. They have one of these games and then they come back. And yeah. what does Toronto typically do against bottom feeders? Shit the bet. So, you know, you could silence or slay two dragons almost with this. You bounce back properly. You win the game against a bottom feeder. Matt Dumba can just switch locker rooms at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Traitor just walks out and carries the bag over. And you're with us now. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, who was it, Alex Nylander, that just did that from Pittsburgh to Columbus? He did. Oh, true. I guess that was just switching Dubis planes. Needs right? an, yeah. By the way, shout out to all the NHL GMs who continue to troll Dubis by picking up any player he puts on waivers. <laughs> who was it this time? I, I um, uh, Colin, Colin White, White right? Ottawa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not Ottawa. Montreal picked him up. Like, no one's the fucking Leafs picking up that Jones guy if it's any clear. other GM. Right? The Not Leafs a had chance Jones he doesn't clear. get picked up. Yeah. Ottawa legend Colin White. Yeah. Sucks to be Dubis. Wild. Ugh. Okay. We out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, tune in next time. We'll hopefully be here very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday. No promise. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Oh, sorry. That was fucking loud.